Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is Barbecue and Curry coming with your weekly sports podcast. I'm Eugene here with Sam. What's up, what's up? And Ty. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? We'll just cover a range of topics. One of the more important topics we'll cover today is the Supreme Court ruling against, against NCAA restrictions on colleges offering educational perks to compensate student-athletes. This is a case that came to the Supreme Court that the Supreme Court ruled on on the 22nd of this month. In a 9-0 vote, vote, the Supreme Court rejected the NCAA's argument that its rules limiting educational benefits to athletes were necessary to preserve the image of amateurism in college sports. Um, I want to throw this open to anybody who wants to comment on it first. I will go last in this instance. I am the least college sports of the whole bunch as far as uh, fanatics go. So, Sam, lead us off. Um, well, so, basically, it had nothing to do with NIL in the same way of having a lot to do with NIL in an indirect manner. Because the way that, uh, uh, what was his name, Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. Judge Kavanaugh spoke about the NCAA Seem, seem to be saying like hey come come to the Supreme Court with anything you guys want and the NCAA will most likely not win True. so it, like, it felt like it was like an open invitation for him and they took it they took it um, well I'm saying first things moving forward yeah like his words saying I wish I could find the exact quote right now, but like just what he said was just, I mean, he said that the NCAA is not above the law and other things about how like if they were doing this in a workplace, it's like borderline illegal. And, but there was one line that I can't remember, but he's just like an open invitation for any, anybody to go against the NCAA and the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will most likely rule against the NCAA. So that'll be an interesting to watch in the upcoming years. I agree. Uh, where does this lead to? Uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on uh, payment of players? Well, I mean, I think Eugene should probably say his stuff because the payment of that, I mean, that's, that's going to be a lot. Fair. Fair. Uh, Eugene, what do you got for me? Um, This puts into play antitrust regulations when it comes to amateur sports and even professional sports, but we'll stick to the amateur sports um, right now. Um, Sam is right. Judge Kavanaugh was the most vocal in his critique of the NCAA. Um, This particular ruling is very narrow as it pertains to not paying athletes, but giving athletes extra educational benefits. And to be very, very specific with that is um, NCAA athletes could not receive paid internships. They could not receive extra educational materials. So if you were a chemistry student that needed a particular type of laptop or you needed scientific materials, the school could not provide those for you. Um, so that's what that pertains to. It also pertains to, um, if you all remember about six years ago in the NCAA tournament, when UConn, the last time UConn won the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. you had their point guard saying on national TV, we go to bed hungry because we're only allowed a certain amount of meals per day per the NCAA rules. 
Um, Kemba? Not Kemba. Um, Nazir, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they've won. Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier. Um, LeBron James commented on it. You can go back and find that whole thread. It was it was years ago. But this is what that pertains to. And what Judge Kavanaugh is saying is, even though you are, even though you have some sort of antitrust protection, you cannot allow student athletes, you don't have the authority to tell student athletes they cannot receive money for certain things. This become this becomes very interesting because now you will have states and states have already started to do this, California being the ones being the first one saying our colleges will allow certain things. So this puts the NCAA and what I like to consider a trick pad position. Because you're gonna the NCAA is going to want to have a say in how these rules go. But per what Judge Kavanaugh saying, Kavanaugh said is no matter what these rules are, these rules that you will put in place more than likely will be illegal. So depending and this and Sam will probably elaborate more on this. The SEC will be a big driver of this because college football is the largest. Well, college football is the largest revenue sport, but for the NCAA college basketball brings them the majority of their money, March Madness. Yeah, the basketball tournament, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I firmly believe the SEC will be a big driver in this because they are your money-making football conference, along with other schools and other conferences, of course. But oh, And um – before you go more into that, I do want to just go back a little bit and say that so California and six other states, including the likes of uh, Georgia and Florida, Ooh, wow. have have a NIL law coming into effect in just like six, seven days in July. Gotcha. So like it, it, it's about to get like wild. What I am curious about, and and I'm asking this to Sam, those, I've read some of those NIL laws, and what they're going, especially the one in Georgia, because the one in Georgia basically says we'll allow you to pay play payers a certain amount, but you have to it sets it up in a way where the players don't get the money right away. They get it over a period of time, <laughs> and I already know that there are going to be lawsuits against, especially the state of Georgia, because when you look at California, California has basically put fewer guardrails, but but basically what I'm getting at is these players want the money when they want the money. They don't want to work and then receive money Years on, the line. on the back end. Yeah. Um, and there's always this perception that certain types of athletes are not responsible with money. So that's something that I'm very curious. I'm very interested to see how this plays out because you're going to have athletes to say, I want my money now, or I need my money now. Now, also regarding the responsibility part, sure they may not be responsible, but it's their money. Let them decide if they want to be responsible or not. So there's that side of it too. Also, and I want Sam to comment on this. What does this do for agents and other financial advisors and those in that particular orbit? Sam. So, well, agents. So, I mean, agents. People are gonna have agents coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. They should at least. If they don't, then they're gonna they're doing it wrong. Because when you get into the business of being on ads and stuff, you can do one ad that 
you know, 75% of the companies will now say, since that dude has supported this brand, we don't want him. So you need an agent. So like everyone's going to have an agent coming out of high school. That's true. That's kind of how I see it. And uh, so other than agents, what were the other couple things that you said? Um, agents, financial advisors, the whole, the whole ecosystem of, especially college football and basketball mm-hmm. that exists because the NCAA wants to play amateurism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so financial advisors, I don't know that much. Like, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, not to cheat up on that. And plus, we don't know what, you know, we don't know how NIL, we don't know how much money. We don't, we don't know any really money factors to this other than we know they're going to get money. By the way, for those... So I can't really answer that one. For those who don't know, NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. Yeah, it's bullshit that they give you NIL after NLI being the thing for years and years and years. <laughs> but that's just a deep um, college-rooted thing. T- uh, and the last one was what? Uh, financial advisors, and that was it, really. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Ty mentioned, Ty mentioned that, that it would take years for the NCAA to fall, for it to become. I don't think it would, for another case to come to the I don't think it will take years. Yeah, I don't because what you're what this what this what this basically opens the door is you're you're basically going to be pinning school and conferences against each other. Yes. And once that happens, you're going to need a totally different set of rules that the NCAA cannot provide for you. So something I want to bring this back to is bring it back to the state of Georgia, because that's kind of where we know of the first NIL stuff that's going to apparently come out on July 1st or around the day when it becomes legal. They've got two football players, uh, uh, somebody who runs track, a golfer, and a baseball player, all expected to sign contracts with Onward Reserve, which is a apparel brand. Yo, Sam, uh, do you know who this golfer is? No, I'm Trump Phillips. No, I don't know who he is. No, never mind that. Um, but, uh, what, so the, the junior place kicker, I'm not even going to try it. Jack something. Pop Lindsay. He's the one. And, um, but the interesting part is, so Georgia has a guy in the name of uh, JT Daniels, who transferred from USC last year at Torres ACL USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being a freshman starter, then he transferred. He was still recovering. Then when he came in, he played really well. And he's, you know, he's in the top 10 in Heisman odds. But somehow, a freshman quarterback by the name of Brock Vandergrip is the person that has this contract. Interesting. You guys kind of see yeah. where I'm going with that? Yeah. So this is why this stuff needs to be regulated somehow. I have the because why would you sign a contract of a guy who's not going to play this year? I have the joke. It's a quarterback position. Who even knows if he's going to play next year? True. Next year he might not even be on Georgia. <laughs> I have the Georgia. Like, go ahead. No, I just no. Go on. I have the Georgia bill in front of me. It's House Bill Six One Seven. 
And basically what this does is schools can require athletes to pull up to 75.99% of their money, earn it to an escrow account that would be shared by other athletes. That is the sticking point for a lot of athletes because there are only certain sports in the NCAA that make money. Yeah, football and basketball are your two sports that make money. Mm-hmm. And one of the larger arguments that a lot of athletes are hearing is if football players and basketball players are the ones that make money, why do they have to share with the rest of the school? Which is a fair argument. Because in reality, your football program and at some schools your basketball program are the programs they're what it, what it basically boils down to is you have sports that are majority African-American that are supporting and propping up other all-white sports. And a lot of these athletes are like, we don't, we don't feel that we should have to pool our money that we earned against our will to be shared with other athletes. Um, and this other second point of it is they will not be able to withdraw that money until a year after they leave school or graduate. That is another sticking point um, about that particular bill. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that's the that point either. I, I want to beg the question. Um, does, like, since this quarterback is going to be a backup quarterback, what if, what if this guy makes a call and says, hey, well, why is my guy not starting? Like, what do you do? That's on the coach in the school in the setup. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm saying, but like, as a, what do you do? What do you do? Like, if this guy's like make, like, because the way I'm reading this is that, like, this dude, this was part of him saying, "I'm gonna go to Georgia," and this is part of it. I'm gonna go to Georgia because I like it, and what puts it above everything else is that this guy, T.J. Callaway, is gonna pay me a bunch of money. Like, this is going to be used as a recruiting tool. And, like, if you don't think that this is going to be a view, like, the next, like, four or five years is going to be the card to watch. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. Well, basically... It is a lot of moving parts, and they... The states have made their decision and they've said they want to ha- it happen immediately and I agree the NCAA has been too slow but I don't agree with the method that's going on and it's just going to get it's going to get bad and you know in the SEC especially because everybody in the SEC they do anything they can to get an edge this is how you get an edge well I, I don't disagree with him but it's already bad so you're taking the vin- – because what the SEC is especially is – It's legal now, though. They're legalizing the the dirty mud that's been sitting there underneath fertilizing the college football and college basketball and all college sports landscape. They're taking that and trying to bring that above water, but it's not okay. Now it's just going to get worse. Because now you're going to have all the stuff that's above water plus all the stuff that's under and is illegal. But you can't... Very much going on. You cannot continue to have... It's going it's, it's going to force colleges to, to look in the mirror and say, what is our fundamental mission? 
because the SEC is a farm team or a farm organization for the NFL. And are we here to play football and generate money or are we here to educate players? Or, to, or are we here for education? Period. And if we're here for education, then let's let's focus on education. Because to be honest with you, a lot of these huge football schools, that's just what they are. They're football schools. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what you want to be, fine. If you want to be a school that does football, then you're going to have to pay your labor in the discussion. There is no sense in having all this money coming into a program and the students don't get any of it. Very true. It's, I, 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 it sounds like I'm against this, which I'm not. People should get paid. But saying that students didn't get any of it before is, is just incorrect. Like, well, what I mean, students they don't get college for free and they, they get money every month. What I mean, students don't get any of it. You have big schools whose football program runs in the multitude, hundreds of millions of dollars. When, you, when you're paying a secretary $1.5 million, this is University of Texas, just to be a secretary, because keep in mind, all these schools are nonprofits. None in, there's no school in the SEC. There's no major football school that is a for-profit organization, mm-hmm. meaning at the end of the year, they have to show a deficit or they have to be even. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically... They have to recite all the money. Yes. So you're telling me the student gets education, which at an SEC school... Is about the schools it, can't pay them. Okay, there's the money isn't there for the schools to pay these guys. If that's kind of what you're hitting at, the mo- it'll never it it won't be that when this goes through. Either. It'll be stuff like this. This onward reserve apparel brand is paying these guys. Eventually, schools can't pay people. There's too many athletes on campus for schools to pay people. Well, what Judge Kavanaugh, if you read the opinion and what some of the other judges said is. The f- you okay, but you you need the the month the athletes that generate revenue for you, mm-hmm. you need to pay. In the discussion, wouldn't that fall under another athlete saying, "Where do you draw the line?" Sort of a discriminatory lawsuit coming through. Your Not life. really, because you, now you're going into labor law. If you work for an organization and you generate revenue for an organization, you should get a percentage of that revenue. And Sam is right. What's it, what, what this is going to force schools to do is there's a reason why Wichita State doesn't have a football program. Yes, yeah, it's the too expensive. Re, the re, it's the expense. Yeah, it's too expensive. Because other universities, and UConn is a great example of this. UConn, had a fo- UConn reestablished a football program, and in order to make it work, they had to up the fees for students almost $200. Your football programs that are... And don't forget that they had to move conferences. Yes. Yeah. Your football programs that are successful, like Stanford is another good example. Stanford football program is the reason why Stanford has all these other Olympic sports. So you're having football athletes literally subsidize sports that don't make money. So these sports that don't make money, if you want to have them in your school, you're going to have to justify or figure out a way for them to make money. Otherwise, there's no point in having I agree. I agree with Sam on this one. I think how the athletes end up making money is out of name and image and likeness. Right. Because it's not, again, the schools just can't, schools can't pay athletes. It just doesn't work that way. Like because we're thinking of big schools, we gotta also think of their schools out there that are just hanging on by a thread. Right. They're not paying athletes. 
So I, I think how it works is like sponsorships. Even the bitch schools, Ty. Even True. the bitch schools can't handle That's fair. The bitch, because you would have to, you, you can't, you would have, you would assume you probably have to pay everybody equal. You can't True. split everything. And then the way Eugene's talking is Eugene's saying that like Title IX needs to be abolished. Like the way Eugene's thinking about this is just, it's, almost impossible it's so many hoops you have to go through schools will never pay that yeah i agree with that one if they they paid football and basketball athletes there would be about four sports per school then schools need to look at because those are the those are the those are the sports that bring you the revenue that generate those other that Pay for the all those other sports. 100%. There are exceptions so, for for some other. Eugene, sports. I have a question for you. Yes. Would you rather the college football, college basketball players get paid their fair due, and all the Olympic sports and all basically almost damn near every other sport not be a thing in college? Yes. Like, would you that that you want that to happen? Yes, I'd be down for that too. Yes. So you're taking you're taking away. Hundreds, of, I mean, hundreds and thousands of people's opportunity to go to college on a discount. Um, some on full rides. You're taking away that possibility for hundreds and thousands of people. Now, I, let me let me address that. And the answer to your question is yes. So that is exactly what you're doing. Yes, mm-hmm. and the, here's why. I'm, here's why I'm so emphatic about that. At your major schools, these sports like sailing, fencing, all these niche sports cannot exist on their own. They are literally subsidized by revenue generating sports. And secondly, a lot of those niche sports don't offer full scholarships. They offer partial scholarships. They you're not taught like if you're a fencing player, swimming, water polo, even volleyball at some aspects. Three handfuls handfuls. There are a handful of schools that are offering full scholarships for that. Yeah. And the problem I have with that is you if you look at the football roster for a majority of your top schools, you're looking at 75 to 80% African American. When you look at the niche sports roster, I, I don't think this is a race thing. It's on the surface it isn't, but what makes it look so bad is you're asking majority male athletes from disenfranchised communities to support niche sports that they don't have access to in their communities that rich white people do. That's a problem. You're you're reaching. I'm not reaching. That that, that is that, that not, is a good this point. It's not a racist issue. You're right. It, it probably saying you're probably you're right. It probably isn't. But you but you can't but you can't lie deny. That was a good point this, that Gene made. This is, he's making it a racist issue. This is not it, a racist issue. Whether it is or not, I I do not know. I don't know enough about it. However. Logically speaking, the the point that Eugene made didn't make sense. Like, because like kids growing up in Flint, in Flint, Michigan, don't have access to fencing, fencing, like, sailing, volleyball, yeah, cross country, golf, baseball. These are niche sports that generally at schools don't make money. They're subsidized by larger sports, and they generally don't offer full scholarships to those who go. You got to pay a little bit to it. Unless you go like UCLA, where yeah, and even at UCLA, even at the big, you gotta understand those those you know twenty five percent, fifty percent scholarships are the only reason those people go to those places. Like, yeah, but if you look and let's take the Pat Toon for example, the education guy here, and you're the one that like wants to take away these 
education opportunities from the the, re- the reason why I'm so adamant about doing that is because the majority of these players who play these niche sports will still go to college without these niche sports. If you if you, if you really are about education, if you're really about if colleges are really about we are here to educate people, you have to strip away the ability for athletics to override academic decisions. True. Listen, I think Eugene makes a very good case, but however, it is extremely unlikely that, that this ever happens. I just don't see it happening personally. Like, do I agree with the case Gene's making? Absolutely. But do I think it's plausible? It's it is not. Already. Like, it's, it's just, called professional sports. True. Yes. That's what he's asking for. What, you, what you're going to get is a lot, a lot of kids are just going to skip that college phase. Well, it's already they, happened they, in they, NCAA. They're going to go from high school straight to the NBA, straight to the NFL. It's already happened with NCAA basketball. They'll never go from high school straight to the NFL. Well, what the NFL needs to do is realize that you're using the SEC and the NCAA football as a feeding system. So if you if you want a AAA system or if you want a feeder system, you need to pay for your feeder system. True. And the NBA, to its credit, they've established the G League. Because if you're a college, if you're a high school football player and you don't want to go to college, but you may have the ability to make it to the NFL, there's nowhere for you to go. They're forcing. You never know. You don't. You don't. We don't know that because they're forcing you to go to college for an arbitrary amount of time before you make it. And that arbitrary amount of time is negotiated by the NFLPA which represents NFL players, so they're going to do what's in the best interest of the NFL players, not what's in the best interest of the upcoming of the upcoming NFL players. Absolutely. And also, I, I do have to say, props to the NBA. Like, they saw what was coming, they were a step ahead, and they fully revised that G League. And it gave your stars, like uh, Jalen Green and Kaminga, who, who, who will be in this, this year's coming draft. Like, they gave them a chance. Like They're like, you know what, I don't want to go to college. I want to go play with grown-ass men and make some money while doing it and, and, and get better. The NBA is fortunate because the NBA is an international game. So the, so people are starting to see, oh, I can go overseas. Mm-hmm. The NFL is such an insular American game that yeah. they really do have a lot. A, 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 they're the only game in town. There's nowhere else for a high school kid to go. If you just want to train to become better at football, you have to go to college whether you want to go to college or not. Yeah, exactly. or not. Eugene, Eugene has it right. In the fact that the NBA, the reason why the NBA is doing this is because it was happening internationally, and they said, "Okay, I see how they're doing it there. This is how we need to make it happen, where they can do the same thing, but instead of going international, they just stay in the country and in the NBA system. That's why they came out with it all the G League team." And all that stuff. Basketball is way different than football. I feel you can compete on a court in a not in a in a non oh I don't know how to say a non combat sport. Kids <laughs> can't be on the field in in the NFL game. I don't I don't know. And here's why I say I don't know. You can't put like an eighteen year old Trevor Lawrence might die on the field in the NFL game. And in the in the words of King Farquaad, if he dies, he dies. Like it, it is the athlete's choice to you make. You can't do that. You, it's the yeah, NFL, you can't even let that be a thing. It is the athlete's choice because to make. Your body is nowhere near 
when you are 18 to 21. Sure, actually, the jump means so much more than basketball. So then, basketball's a foul if you get hit too hard. If you're gonna sit behind a quarterback, if you get hit too hard, it's not a foul. So if you're gonna sit behind a quarterback, if you're gonna sit on the bench for two years, like as most quarterbacks do, then sit on an NFL bench. Look, when you're when you're eight, when you're coming most out of high school, look. I mean, Joe Burrow couldn't get a starting job at uh, Ohio State, and and then he sat for a year, and then and then he started. No, I know. I thought you were talking about NFL. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, so true. But that's that's because the way it's built now. Because you draft, you, also, you got kids coming out of college. Goes out as a first rounder, uh, as an eighteen year old. I what, don't. What's that? Do you think Trevor Lawrence is a first-round quarterback as an 18-year-old? Oh, God, no. No, he's a f- fifth, sixth-rounder. Who then could no, sit? If that. If that. Who my, then could my, sit? My whole thing is, and here's an interesting statistic. The University of Texas football budget for last year was $41.8 million. That's just the football budget. The, they brought in a hundred and forty-six point eight million dollars in football revenue. So you're telling me that they can't afford to pay the football players, but they that br- COVID year is that COVID year numbers? That is the last. That's we don't have we don't have COVID. Right. We don't have COVID year numbers because the fiscal year for that okay. hasn't has so come out. This was two years ago. This yeah. is, no, this was the last fiscal year that we have. Okay. Oh shit. So the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which, which would not include would COVID. It would, COVID no, it, no, 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 it would not include the COVID. It would not include COVID, no. So, so you're you're telling me, and COVID is an exception because COVID doesn't happen every year. Yes. So you're telling me the University of Texas cannot afford to pay their football players? No, I think okay, I think what Sam's saying is, can they, they, can can they play football Shut down everything else. Exactly. exactly. You can play football day. players. But if you play football players, you've got to play college athletes in general. Yeah, you could pay college Which, it's, it's just not going to happen, Gene. If your sport brings in revenue, then you get a cut of that revenue. If your sport don't bring in no revenue... But then the, but then the athletes go... No. Then the athletes go, I have no say in whether, they, whether my sport bring in, brings in revenue. Well, my job is to go up there and play and whatever, and that's what I do. So, again, that, that, that that's, yeah, again, kind of line coming to play. In all fairness, like you, dude, we give tickets away. Which I say, gifts yeah, tickets away for fucking women's women's basketball. Yeah, and we actually good for a year. Yeah, like so. So then you got all of a sudden you got dudes getting paid and women not getting paid. But look, now I'm my thing. My my big thing is if you because we claim these people are student athletes. That's what we claim. These are athlete students, but they are employees of the university. Because if you are a student athlete, you can't say certain things. Yes. You don't have the freedom of speech that a normal student would have. Absolutely. You can't take certain classes normal students would take. You bring in revenue for the university. So, therefore, you are in an employee and universities treat them as employees. So, if you are treated like an employee. See, my thing is, okay, fine. The, the, the sports that don't bring in revenue, you can be club sports. You can be club sports, but the whole working for free or working for compensation, because basically what the NCAA is, is indentured servitude. Not slavery, but indentured servitude. 
You work for a certain amount of years. We'll give you some food. We'll give you some cool clothing. We'll teach you how to read and write. We'll teach you how to read and write. Yeah, you can't because check this out. At the university at the University of Alabama, if you are a football player, you can't major in physics. You can't major in chemistry. You can't major in applied mathematics. You can't major in anything then that... you would make your choice according. You would pick the school that you took. Here's the but problem. There's only one SEC school that will allow student-athletes to major in those. Vanderbilt. And that is Vanderbilt. So, the same thing at University of Texas. You have to have, get an exception to major in these particular... I think it's communication, sports management, and yeah. a couple more, actually. So, yeah, you're getting football players in education... But are you really setting them up for success? Are you really giving them the ability? If you can't, that's a whole other thing, dude. If you if you go to to an SEC school, I'll just bring you home. If you go to a Tennessee and you go make an impact on the field in the sport that you're playing, you are beloved for your entire life in that city. But what and if I don't want to stay? That's worth more than that's. That's, I mean, you can get jobs. You can get anything. Yeah, here, okay. There's so many athletes that get their career because of their university and the things that their university did for them when they were there. Yeah, the connections they made because of the sport, but they're getting, they're, they're getting, they're not getting an education. People are, people are giving them things. People are basically saying, you made, you made me laugh. You gave me a measure of joy. So I'm going to give you because you went to my school and you played a sport. Hey man, you had a, you had a great catch of the end zone. Here's a sales job. A sales job. A, se- a job's a job though. No, it's like, not. Who cares? Nah, dude. Nah, nah. I disagree with that. Nah. So let's say you paid a lot of money for having a job, and that's a good job. Let's say you go to let's say you go to let's say you go to University of Tennessee and you're a normal student and you major in computer engineering. I can guarantee you. Let's say you make. Top 10% of your class. You leave Knoxville, you're going to make more money than the football player that's working a sales job or something because he was a football player 100%. at Tennessee. Yeah, with the communications major. Yes. 100%. You also, you, you picked an engineering job. That's, a, that's Engineering, a, physics, I can. you can do this with history. You can do this with any STEM job. Any STEM job. And you can also do it with any non-STEM job because arguably those people go to grad school. Mm-hmm. And after they go to grad school, they're going to make more money. Than a guy who played on the football team that's still working in Knoxville because there's a limit. Everybody knows him in Knoxville, but there are not that many jobs that pay that much money in Knoxville. So he can't really leave. So he's got a good job. He'll he'll be in a few commercials at the car dealership. He may work himself up to be the manager of the car dealership. He ain't making no money. But that's one dude too. That's one guy. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes who play a lot of college sports who don't make the pros. Exactly. And if they're only allowed to take a certain number of majors, that hinders their future progressions. Yep. You get tutors. You get access to all. You get access to anything you would need. You get access to all the extra time that you can have because your sport takes away a lot of time. So you get access to all this extra time. So that still doesn't allow me to pursue a degree that I want to pursue. They don't go to a school that doesn't allow you to. 
So you you're going to that's not on the no you're going to you're right you make your decisions you pick a different school absolutely what you're saying is the schools that the schools that hinder those choices are no longer the students are no longer student athletes they're athlete students yep they're athlete first because they agree they agree. Yeah, because the school says the school says the sport's more important. The school says the sport is more important. Therefore, if you want to play for us, you can only take these majors that aren't that time consuming. Well, now you don't understand. Like, no, no, I don't think you understand what I'm trying to say here. All the times, I mean, I, I I don't agree with what you guys are saying because you you guys you guys are making it out like. The student could get anything and everything out of their experience. They can't. They can't. They cannot. I disagree completely. I can actually prove it. We, I tutor it. My experience being in so many classes with with players and how they are treated differently. How they're given more time to do do the other restraints. How they're they're babied because they're that's just how it is. Sam, what's your major? In some schools. Sam, what was your major? But that's okay, but it's my major was sports management. There we go. But that's but I don't understand the major doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. hundred percent does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. The major matters one hundred percent. Because even at Wichita State, our good basketball program, we have an honors history track. I'm a tutor on that honors history track. The history department will not allow basketball players to take the honors history track because they don't actually spend enough time in the classroom to take that history track. And the history department will not provide tutors because when you say these students get tutors, well, I'm going to be very specific what these tutors are because I did this for a semester at Wichita State. You go with the basketball player. You get the syllabus for, for from the professor. The basketball player does what he can on that syllabus, which a lot of times ain't fucking much. You go and teach the basketball player the rest. You aid them in writing papers. You aid them in assignments. Define aid. This is why I only did it for a semester. A lot of the players want you to significant. They'll let's say a, let's say you got a five page essay, mm-hmm. which is not really an essay. It's in, just in the arts. It's not that large. Yeah. Um, they want you. They'll give you a page and a half of ideas. That's not in any order, and they want you to make it five pages. And they're like, "Well, I gave you the ideas that I was thinking of." That is normal. University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill had a scandal a few years ago with their African American. Can't bring them up when you're talking about tutoring. Say again. I said you can't bring them up when you're talking about tutoring. They made a fake class. The well, the class wasn't fake. The tutors, because they University of North Carolina has an African American history studies major. The class was fake. And it was fake grades for a fake class. That's not uncommon. They're the only ones who got caught. <laughs> yeah, that is not uncommon. No one said, no, I don't think they would took that well. That's what it was. That's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for them to have fake classes. It's not uncommon for, at Wichita State, for a basketball player to miss 70% of a class in his major and then turn in all the work a week before the semester is over and then... The professor is supposed to give them a passing grade to play basketball. I'll say they probably had a better, a better. They they definitely made more than thirty percent of their class. They didn't, because you could they look at. No, they did. They did not. You could look at the basketball schedule. I was in class with so many of them, bro. They definitely did. 
I'm talking about the ones I tutor for history. You can look at the basketball schedule and the practice schedule. Just the basketball schedule alone on the days they have games, they can't be in class. So that's all. I was in class with players all the time on days they had games. I can tell you with certainty that if a professor has, you can't miss more than five classes in a 16-week semester, all your basketball players miss more than five classes. But it's also five unexcused absences. A sport is an uh, excused absence. Which makes them no longer a student athlete. There you go. Because if it's if a student athlete can get an excused uh, absence. You, uh, you miss school and high school. Are you not a, are you fucking, do you need to get paid or something? I, I'm a I kid. I, I'm considered a minor, therefore I can't get paid. I'm not, I'm not 18 years old. You're 19 as a senior. Sure, but I never played sports. Most people are. And again, if you want to pay, if you want to pay people in high school to play sports, fucking pay them. I'm not against people people getting paid. My, for my, my thing is, they're because they're the standard for the standard for athlete for a communication degree is totally different than the standard for a non-athlete for a communication degree. Mm-hmm. The degree is the same, but it's not worth the same. There re- there are reasons why certain employers and certain grad schools will look at a communications degree and if you put on your CV that you were an athlete, they're not even going to think about you. But in college, but in sport towns and like college towns, it's, uh, it's the other way. They're like, oh wait, I know this dude. He played D-tack- He played D-tackle. He traded him in the league, but I know him. I'll give him a shot. It goes both ways, 100%. But the athlete who doesn't make the league has no limitations. That's all we're saying here. Sam? You... You still with us? I don't, I don't know what, what I what I mean. You guys are just bringing it to level tonight. I don't agree with, so I don't really know. I've said my piece. Uh, what, the big thing about all this is what it says is this whole thing that came down with the ruling recently. It, that was all just common sense. It was all just let all student athletes have, be able to do what normal students do, which will be coming soon, and that is how it should be. And that is how it, they should be, be be able to get paid, because then you can be able to, if you do a YouTube, you can make the money off that YouTube. If you, uh, see, I heard that thing about athletes not getting paid internships. I literally am working a paid internship with an athlete right now, so I don't know how much that's very true. That is, um, that is extremely rare. I know in the SEC, you have to get an exception if you play a revenue-generating sport. So if you play football or basketball, you have to get an exception to work a paid internship. And I know certain internships, like if you're a financial services major and you want to go work at Morgan Stanley, you put your scholarship at risk because that internship at Morgan Stanley is an entire summer that bleeds into when um, – it's not training camp for football, but when summer workouts for football. And if you don't show up for summer workouts – this happened at Virginia Tech and some other schools. They're real funny, but if you don't show up for the summer workouts, you may not have your scholarship. So the thing with that stuff is that it's just – it's hard. You need – obviously, students need to be able to, like – if you did pay internship, you should be able to do it, and they now will be able to, which is fantastic. That is something that should have always been a thing. Listen, um, we can talk. We can literally, and it is not. And I'm not emphasizing on this. We can literally talk for hours on and about this. 
but we'll we'll we'll, cut, we'll put it to a stop right now, right here, and we'll and I'm sure we'll get more news as the weeks and days and months go on, and we'll revisit we'll revisit this topic. Uh, before we sign off, we got to talk about one more, and we've never spoken about baseball, I believe, on this on this podcast, but today we will. It'll be it'll be a really short segment about the sticky stuff that almost had Max Scherzer stripping down on the mound. Uh, Sam. <laughs> Actually, you're the Nationals fan. As a Lead Washington Nationals fan. It's Romero that guy almost got naked, by the way. Yeah, as a Washington Nationals fan. Romeo, whatever his fucking name. Sergio something of the A's. He was the one that took his pants down. That's right. Yeah, yeah. As a Washington Nationals fan, to have Joe Girardi go to the mound on a continual basis. Now, there's a history with Joe Girardi and his fuckery and foolishness when he was a catcher. For him, of all people, to go up to the mound repeatedly and accuse Scherzer, who was whipping his ass or whipping his batter's ass, that you got some sticky stuff, I'm just like, come on, man. Um, by the way, the sticky tack stuff it originated with um, powerlifters and not powerlifters, strongmen. Yeah. Um, and the fact that baseball pitchers are using, I find it fascinating. They're using this stuff, and they've basically turned baseball into high-tech science. How many times can I use this stuff? And how fast can I spin the ball? Yeah, absolutely. It is fucking it's hilarious. Great, but it's also another big thing that I don't think people realize is it's to keep the ball consistent no matter what the weather is, no matter what the day is, the day or night. Like it is, so the pitchers do it so the end is they get higher speed rate and stuff. But they do it so that they know what the ball is going to feel like. Absolutely, it, it helps. It helps it control because if you crack down on this too much, because we don't want ninety-six miles per hour, miles per hour fastballs going at batters' heads. No, we've, this, had, this, we've had it. Like, we've had that before. yeah, Randy Johnson has lived <laughs> and played baseball. Thank you very much. <laughs> but no, and there's kids in the minor leagues. I'll just on that note, a guy. And Riley Pike, who was the fourth overall pick in 2016, something like that. He was a he just throws gas. He throws 102, Ooh. but it's everywhere. Mm. Teams in Double A and Triple A, or I think just Double A. I'm not sure I ever got Triple A. But teams in Double A didn't want to play their best prospects against him because they didn't know where the ball was going to go, and they were worried about 102 mile per hour. Basketball smoking their kid in the face. So here's here's what you do. Because Sam makes up a good point. They do because baseball season is long. Mm-hmm. First of all, they need to cut the season. Hundred percent. But baseball season starts when it's cold in certain places in America, and it ends in October. Where depending on where where the World Series is, it could be snow. Mm-hmm. So what you do in that case, what I feel you could do is you can have a set of balls. And I hesitate doing this because baseball players cheat worse than Belichick and Brady. <laughs> You have a set of balls. (laughs) Shit. All right, Altuve. Mm, Jose. You you have a set of balls that are heated or that that, that you can use that are heated and have the umpire check. That way you don't have any foreign substances, but also that way you have a ball that the pitcher can control. Because Sam is right. I don't want you throwing... I don't... 102 fastballs in my face. Yeah, I don't need 102 fastballs because you... But that's also a thing of... If you can't control... Your fastball, maybe you should tone it down to throw another pitch. 
but as a coach, you're never going to ask your pitcher to be like, you're throwing that fastball. But what, 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 <laughs> what part of it is safety? Well, because you preach, you preach, just throw, don't ever guide it. Exactly, yeah. Tone it down to play. But maybe. The first thing they'll do is just try to get it over the plate. Maybe, maybe we should, maybe they should be teaching more guys. Things, the NFL and the NBA have gone the direction of player safety. Yes. MLB ain't there yet. MLB's always a decade behind on stuff. Because my thing is, and Sam is right, it's, it may take somebody getting killed. Because a hundred and two mile power fastball, no matter if you got that helmet on, the helmet ain't doing shit. The sure. helmet will stop you from the helmet will stop your head from imploding on national TV. Yes, but well, that's a major injury. Hundred percent possible death. Um, again, like there's so much to talk about with MLB as well because we haven't really spoken about it. But we're gonna end it with the sticky stuff. Before we go, quick little question, Sam, who's who's MVP, Tatis or Degrom? Degrom, uh, Eugene, Tatis, Degrom, Tatis. <laughs> I love me some, I, I love me some Tatis, but shut, goddamn, Degrom is doing some historical shit right now. For those of you who do not know, Sam, my boy, is a Mets fan. Uh, and on that note, we will conclude today's podcast. My name is Ty. I'm Eugene, and this is, I'm Sam. and this has been Barbecue and Curry. We are done. Peace. <laughs>